On Christmas Eve, we kind of like to make it our practice to, as a part of our time together, just to read the biblical narrative of the Christmas story and just to let God's word uh, speak for itself to us. So as we continue through the next few worship songs, just going to read portions of scripture from God's word that recount for us the Bible's narrative of what we celebrate at Christmas. And Father, we just humbly ask as we continue now in our worship and as we listen to the truths of the word of God, that your spirit will continue to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ and and strengthen us in our perspective as we're here to worship you and him. And we ask, Lord, that you'd bless our time together in Jesus' name. Amen. The scriptures declare this to us, that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Expected Jesus, born to set thy people free from our fears and sins. Release us, let us find our rest in thee. Israel, strength and consolation, hope of all the i yeah. 
expectant Jesus, born to set thy people free from our fears and sins. Release us, let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph. Son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. So all went to be registered each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house in the lineage of David. He went to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. You've come to bring peace, to be loved, to be
presence we find our strength over everything, our redemption, God, with us. You are God, with us, you are God. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved.
I think it's fair to say that Christmas time is typically characterized by some obvious things. One of them certainly is the giving and exchanging of gifts, both gifts being given and gifts being received. And if certainly you're on the giver end of giving a gift to someone, then hopefully you try and give a gift that's something that they actually need something that they can use, something that would bless them, that they're not going to re-gift to the next person that visits them a half hour later. Now, if you're on the receiving end of the gift, if you're on the receiving end, then you know the greatest blessing is when you get a gift that genuinely meets a need, or maybe it's that thing that you're longing for. And let me just say, though I think certainly Christmas has been over-materialized to a great degree and commercialized, By the same token, to keep in balance, I want to say this evening that God honestly has no issue with gift giving. In fact, the very first Christmas gift actually came from God, if you think about it. The Bible tells us we're going to see in our study on Sunday mornings, so going through 2 Corinthians together, we're going to come upon a verse that simply says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And the word of God tells us that that gift is so wonderful, it's actually hard to describe, to truly know how great, how kind, how helpful, how needed that gift is, is almost something God says that's indescribable for us. And the Bible tells us that the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. That gift being given is why we celebrate Christmas. Certainly, it's why we as Christians celebrate Christmas differently. I remember the very first year after I gave my heart to Jesus Christ and was born again of the Spirit and truly experienced salvation. Christmas was just completely different that year. There was something just completely different because my heart was connected to the very reason that we should be celebrating Christmas. Christmas. The Bible tells us, as we read in our scriptures this evening, for unto us a child is born, and in that miracle it says a son was given. That is, as this miraculous child, the Lord Jesus Christ, was born, as God miraculously by his spirit put the life of the Son of God in the womb of a virgin woman so that Jesus could be born without sin and that he could be perfectly God and man simultaneously. It says in that very birth of Jesus, it said a son was being given. That is God was giving 
a gift in giving to us his son. Now, one of the most famous and familiar statements in the entirety of the word of God. In fact, even if you're not familiar with the Bible, if you're not a Christian and someone drug you here this evening, wherever you're at in your life, I assure you one of the most famous and familiar verses, statements in all of the Bible, John 3, 16. Right? We see it in the back of uh, goalposts at football games. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And I tell you, that verse tells us quite a bit about this indescribable gift that we should be thankful to God for. In fact, I would go so far as to say that verse, John three sixteen, perhaps is maybe the greatest Christmas verse in the entire Bible. And so in light of that, what I want to do for a moment or two together is just to ponder and unpack and unwrap, if you would, just John 3.16, perhaps the greatest Christmas verse in the entire Bible. I mean, think about it with me, if you would. First of all, it tells us who was the gift giver. God, for God so loved the world that he gave. The gift giver was God. And to me, that's amazing because think about it. We've all, every one of us in this room this evening, at times we behave badly and we've treated God badly. We've disrespected God and dishonored God in different ways in our life. And we've hurt the creator of our souls and the one who gave our life unto us. And so in a sense, God's the wounded one. We've hurt him. We've at times dishonored him. And yet he kindly gave unto us a gift. In love for us, he gave to us a gift that was both helpful and needed. And God, who knows all and can do all, only gives good gifts, the Bible says, from above. So the giver was God. What motivated the decision to give that particular gift? Well, the verse says God so loved the world. The reason that God was motivated to give that gift to us was because he greatly loves every person in this world. You could take out the word world there. You're a part of this world and you could put your name in there. God so loves each and every person in this earth that there's this unusual love that God has that is deep and unconditional. He may not love what we're doing. He may not like how we're living, but he loves us unconditionally and he cares for every one of us. And his love was displayed in this gift that he gave of his son tonight listen let me say despite what's going on in your life or despite how you may feel this evening i tell you one fact is true in this room tonight god loves you very very much he loves you tremendously and his love for you will never change and life may not be how you like it or the way that you wish but god loves you you are greatly loved by god And his love for you was demonstrated in what he gave to you through Jesus. That's what we measure God's love by. Also, what did God give? For God so loved the world that he gave, what did he give? His only begotten son. That points to something. God gave his absolute best. God gave the best thing that he possibly could give. His own dear son. The absolute best. The Bible tells us in Romans 8 that God did not spare his own son, but freely gave him. The idea is there are all so many different things God would have given instead of 
but it says he didn't spare his own son. That is, he wasn't reluctant. He gave the absolute best that he had to prove his love for us. He gave his own son, Jesus, to us. In doing such, it reminds us that if God would give his best to us in Jesus, he is not reluctant to give anything else or help you with anything else that you need in your life. If he didn't spare his own son, the Bible says, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? God gave his best in Jesus, which means whatever you need tonight, God's not reluctant to help you with that too. He already gave his best on the front side to show his great love for us. So what did he give Jesus? What was the reason for the gift? The obvious need and the greatest need, which is the condition of our soul. It tells us that God gave his own son so that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Our deepest need, which is why God gave the gift that he did, is the condition of our soul, not our circumstances on this earth, not what's under the Christmas tree tomorrow morning or how are things going in my job or what's going on in the situation in my life right now. No, the deepest need in every human being's life is the condition of their soul because we are eternal beings. Jesus said, what is a prophet a man if he gains the whole world? And he loses and forfeits his own soul. So the deepest need in every one of our lives is the condition of our soul and our ultimate eternal destiny. That's why Jesus said that he was given as a gift so that we would not perish. And that word perish there means to be in a condition of constant ruin, to be continually suffering ruin. And again, it's speaking of being continually ruined by sin, not just in this life, but for all of eternity. And that is so important of an issue because the quality of our life now would be very bad, very painful, and very problematic to a much, much greater degree if we weren't following Jesus. Because sin causes our lives to perish and be ruined. And if that weren't bad enough, then we ultimately, if we are not forgiven of our sin, the Bible says, suffer in a place of torment in outer darkness forever. And this is why God in his love for us gave to us the gift that he did, because it relieves us from the ruinous consequence of our sin and we can receive a better path. Jesus said the alternative to perishing is that so we could have everlasting life. Jesus wanted to give to us the alternative because he being the eternal son of God can offer us the blessed quality of living in a relationship with God now and experiencing eternal life in a sense today. Often people think about eternal life as something yet to come. If you already have Jesus in your life, you already possess eternal life. One day you're going to enter into the dimension of eternal life, but that's why you feel like such a stranger on this earth now because you're a citizen of heaven. So God gives us the quality of a life of relationship with the son, but then the glorious assurance that one day when this life that's hard on earth is over, there is relief coming to the child of God. There is the reward of dwelling in the house of the Lord forever with no more sickness or sorrow or suffering. Well, how would one, if being offered such a gift, how does one receive this gift? Keep in mind, it's not wrapped in paper. It's wrapped in human flesh. This gift, the son of God, isn't wrapped in pretty paper. It's wrapped in the flesh as Jesus came. And it says that, that Jesus took upon himself a second nature, a human nature, and lived among us. How is such a glorious gift open? How do you open it? Well, the Bible says one word, believe. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes upon Jesus won't perish but have everlasting life. God made it so simplistic that it would be the easiest possible for everyone, not just to know the gift is available, but to receive it and experience it for themselves. The Bible says through faith is how we receive this gift. Whoever believes upon Jesus for who he is as the son of God and the savior of the world and what he did for us, that he died on the cross to take the punishment for our sins and rose from the dead the third day and ascended back into heaven and is alive right now and one day is returning back to this earth. He's coming back. And the Bible says that we must believe upon and receive what Jesus has done for us to experience these glorious benefits of being spared from hell and having access into heaven. The Bible says to as many as receive Jesus, he gives the right or the power to become a child of God. So the way that we receive this gift and open this gift is to believe, to exercise faith and to receive it for ourselves. And notice who this gift of God is given for. Jesus says in this verse, whoever. So that whoever believes upon him would not perish but have everlasting life. You might say it is the absolute best universal needed gift for every person. The concept of one size fits all is way superseded when it comes to this gift because there is universal need for every human being to have the gift of Jesus. Every person in this room tonight, every person on this planet tonight has the need of the gift that is offered in Jesus. We all need that gift. It's the gift that we all need because the one thing that we all share in common, whether we are three or whether we are seven or whether we are 12 or 16 or 21 or 65 or 52 or 44, we all have the same need and that's this. We're all broken people inside and we've all made mistakes and we all fail and we carry around guilt in our lives and we all need what Jesus offers, which is forgiveness for the wrong things that we've done and the assurance that when life on earth is over, that God wants us to dwell with him forever and that we would have that peace and that comes through what God offers in Jesus. And it is a universal available gift to everyone despite your condition. Jesus says, whoever, whoever, that means this evening that includes anybody and excludes no one. Jesus said, whoever comes to me, I will in no wise drive out. One thing I can tell you tonight, maybe you're dealing with rejection from a family member or rejection in some way in your life. No person still alive will ever experience rejection if they come to the Lord Jesus. That is the one place that you will always receive loving acceptance doesn't mean he may condone what I'm doing wrong or agree with the way that I'm living. Well, one thing is true. If you come to Jesus, he says, I won't cast you away. I will receive you. And in fact, I will help you to experience and become the best that ultimately God intends for your life. And what a wonderful thing to know that gift is freely available to all of us who can come to him, no person has to be concerned. Look, folks, if our deepest and greatest need on this earth was money, then God would have sent us a banker. He would have sent us the smartest financial planner that ever lived on this earth. If our greatest need was 
money, God would have sent us the wisest business person. If our greatest need was feeling happy, God would have sent us a better entertainer. God would have sent us someone who was the greatest counselor or someone who was a toy maker to keep us all happy. If our greatest need on this earth, folks, was health, then God would have sent us the smartest doctor possible in all human history. Or think about it. He would send us the wisest scientist who could create a medicine that once for all could cure every single sickness and disease if our greatest need was health. But see, our greatest need is the condition of our soul. The greatest need in our life is the forgiveness of sins and the assurance of what happens after I die during my time on this earth. That's why God sent us a savior. That's why God sent us a savior, because that is the deepest need in all of our lives. That's why we read tonight, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Because that is our deepest need. Not only is it a need to be forgiven of our sins, but that Jesus could bring light to our inward life to help our souls see clearly. Because we all have the same problem, which is our natural sinfulness. And that natural sinfulness in our life, it's what darkens our soul inwardly. And that's truly our greatest problem. Darkness naturally makes it harder to see our way around, right? When it's dark in a room or it's dark outside, you can't see to live and walk and do things as clearly. It makes life more dangerous when you live in the dark. Well, God uses that metaphor of living in the darkness to picture the problem with all human beings, to picture the spiritual problem, that we live in darkness morally and spiritually. And, and our inward life is dark, and we all know that because everyone in this room at times finds himself being drawn to doing dark things. I know I'm not alone. And it's because of an inward darkness within us. That inward darkness of our soul is why we struggle to find our way in life and sometimes make poor choices and feel like, I just feel like I'm in the dark. That same inward darkness is why we struggle to see things about our need for God and his plan for us. And we so oftentimes can hard-heartedly and arrogantly just continue to think, I'm fine, I'm fine. And the reality is the problem is, is our perspective is so darkened that we don't even realize how much we truly need God in our lives. And this is why God sent Jesus as the gift to illuminate our lives and take away that darkness. John one says of Jesus in him was life. And that life was the light of men. And that light shines into the darkness. You know, one of Jesus's greatest statements, John chapter eight, Jesus said this, he said, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me won't walk in darkness, but have the light of of life. Jesus said, look, I know what you need. You need light for your soul. And he says, all I'm asking you to do, I've done everything for you. He says, I'm just asking you, would you follow me? And he says, if you follow me, you won't walk in darkness. You'll have the light of life that you ultimately need. You know, how wonderful to have that blessed gift of Jesus offering us light for our lives. I hear people saying a lot nowadays, and perhaps you do as well, these are dark days. Dark days. Days aren't supposed to be dark, right? When it's, when it's dark during the daytime, that means something's wrong. So dark days mean days of difficulty and great misfortune where everything seems wrong. 
But the point is, if you have Jesus in your life, it may be dark days, but the light of the world will show you how to live and navigate your way through that. What a wonderful thing. As Christians, we are called to be light unto the world. The scripture declares this, do all things without complaining and arguing. Remember that tomorrow morning. (laughs) That you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. As Christians, we are called to walk in the light, to walk with the light of the world, and to be light in this dark world, in these dark days. And for those who have not yet embraced Jesus Christ, understand you will continue to a degree to keep living in the dark until you let the light of the world have access to your soul. There was no room for him in the end. Don't let there not be room for him in your life tonight. Would you stand with me?